Hello and welcome to the Non-Duality Podcast. Nick Hyam here, and today I'm joined again by Paul Dobson. What do you know with certainty? What is factual? What is actual? It's a very powerful inquiry. There are no reference points, are there? Memory and thought seem to be our only reference points, but when we inquire into them and explore them, there's no substance to them. There's no, there's no accuracy to them. We actually haven't got any reference points, but we really feel like we have. If you got rid of all of that stuff, what can you know for absolutely certain right now? Absolutely. Yeah, what's definite, what's actual, and what is obvious. It's not even about trying to find something that isn't present or something that is hidden. It's about noticing the obvious tuning into what is clear and undisguised, what is always present, to know yourself as that and to know that whatever that is, whatever you are, the various appearances can't appear without what you are, without that presence. We have the idea that we gain our presence from the body. This body that I see as myself is present. It's an object, it's present, and therefore my presence is the body. And so we look around and we see other objects distinct from the body we take ourselves to be. And we see these objects as all having their own share of presence. All these objects have their own existence. We personify objects. Their own share of existence or presence is linked with that personified object. And the same is true for the body. The body is a, an object or a form, distinct, definite, actual, and as such, it must have its own existence. It must have its own presence. It must have its own reality. Uh, so life gets personified and allocated. Without the mug's presence, could the mug exist? Does the mug really have presence? Does it really have a share of existence? Does the body indicate your presence? The body is simply a, an object amongst other objects, none of which are actually personal. What is it that your presence indicates? If it's not the body, what is this presence that, you, that you're familiar with that has actually never changed? even though the body has grown and, and developed and gone through many different experiences, has your presence changed? Is your existence personal in that sense? Is it true that there are countless objects with countless shares of presence? You existence needed to be before any form could appear. When I say you, I'm not talking about a body. <laughs> there's no dividing border that says there's this presence, this qualityless presence, and then the world, because you can't possibly separate the two, because it's so immediate and so obvious. It's, I mean, it's what you are. The imaginary application of qualities, Maya, create form, distinction. We have continuity. We have the past present, future, time, space, object. These are concepts. These are creations of the mind. Without 
space, there's just one infinite object. <laughs> and that's non-duality, right? Without objects, there's just an infinite space, and that's non-duality. A subject is an object. What is an object? A creation of mind and the senses. It's tempting to say that somehow the absolute is separate and real, and then this is all Maya in a, as a sort of in the classical sense of illusion, just an appearance. But there's no separation between the two, and and also it's tempting to say that this isn't real, but it is real. And but the reason being, it's reality has come from the most real thing there is, and that's the the absolute, let's say, um, is kind of lent its reality to these appearances. And no, it's all real. It's just not what you think it is. It's literally, in the most literal term, it's not what you think it is because you can't conceptualize it or pin it down in any way. Yeah. Everything noble gets its apparent reality from reality. Every wave in the ocean is made possible by the ocean. There's no object that does not indicate reality, but reality does not need objects. Objects need reality. That's yeah. That's the that's the point, isn't it? The apparent objects, which aren't objects, are completely dependent on that fact. You are reality. You don't need the body to be real. Your reality imparts itself into the form called the body. The so-called unreality is the perception that any one thing can be the ultimate reality. Yeah. It can be reality in its in its fullness. Yeah, exactly. There is no unreality because it's all reality, like you say. It's not what it seems. It's not this kind of solid, tangible thing which has its own reality to it like somehow separate from the rest of reality it's like um it's just how the whole is appearing <laughs> at that time and then this little reality has also has the uh, ability to appear as like a little ego or a little separate self and then take itself personally <laughs> and all this is about is realizing that there never was a new existence that was made it was it's all it's just a little um Maybe a trick reality is playing on itself. Who knows? But it's all just a misidentification at the end of the day. It's just a, there's nothing personal here. It feels very personal, but the, that feeling of it being personal actually is, in a way, borrowed from the actual reality. Yeah. When a baby is born, is a new existence born? Existence is attributed to this form, presence. The body is present. The body of the baby is present. The body exists. It's real. When the body dies, is that reality then lost? Does reality come and go? Where would it go? Where would reality go? Where would that reality go? <laughs> Apart from into reality. <laughs> yeah. The, the body is kind of a, an outgrowth of what you really are. A reflection, as we said last week, but a reflection of the ultimate in this tiny little form, like a reflection in a, you know, in a tiny puddle or something of uh, the sun, you know, it's kind of like that. Mm. Forms borrow their reality from that indefinable, formless reality. 
the human mind wants a conclusion it wants a finality it wants an answer and therefore it will take shortcuts and say that's that's how things are without taking other factors into account there's no way we can nail this down into some final scientific formula to me it's a miracle that any of this is happening whatsoever but i mean imagine um like virtual reality games, you seem to be going through space, don't you? You seem to be going through lots of space, but there's no space present there, just bits of information. And there's no reason this is really much different to that because you assume, it's an assumption, isn't it, that there's space? Yeah, so in order to experience reality, there needs to be space and objects within that space so there can be some kind of relative interplay. Like, what is space other than something the mind has produced. It's therefore something, isn't it? It's something, it's another object. Space is an object. And the video game metaphor is a good one. Uh, or watching a movie, you're assuming that there's space in the scene. Yeah, you perceive space, but there is no space. How is this current state you're perceiving, conceiving now any different? Do you really know space? Can you? Can you find evidence for space? Can you find evidence for the objects without drawing on something you have learned? In your direct experience, can you know space? Can you know objects? What we think about space is that it's a, a boundless, three-dimensional expanse, and everything that occurs has like a relative position in that expanse, independent of what occupies it. With that, we then imagine there to be a, a shared reality, an objective reality. Objective reality is independent of the mind. Is there an objective reality defined that way? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's the immediate, flawless, seamless working of the mind. Like, it works it out immediately and goes, without even you noticing, going, it tells you a story about it completely seamless it's impressive you have to kind of tip your cap to it it's just like that's so fast that you can't it's faster than the speed of light that storytelling but when you break it apart and you take it down to its bare essence all there is is a just indefinable experiencing which is kind of like how this whole thing started you start off as a baby you don't know what's happening <laughs> then at some point you think you know what's happening and then you kind of in inquire into it, look into it, and then you realise, oh, I actually still don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I thought I did, but... <laughs> when you really look into it, you find no divide between space and form, subject and object. These are perceived by nothing other than the senses, conceived by nothing other than the mind. It's a representation of reality. So reality through the use of symbols, is sculpted into the 10,000 things, including the body and its mind and its subjectivity. Without the ego, the world is kind of empty of its qualities. Mm. The ego and the world arise together. There's no separation in their reality. Yeah. A, a person is a, a set of distinctive traits and characteristics. It's dependent on duality to give it distinction. And because it is inherently incomplete a fragment within the whole we have a sense of deficiency so we pursue objects to embellish our sense of self because we feel incomplete we are incomplete 
as an ego, we're incomplete. As a body, we are isolated, disconnected. Anything symbolic is not the real, it's only symbolizing the real. <laughs> so we question those, those representations. When you touch an object, when you smell an object, taste an object, listen to an object, see an object, those sense perceptions are representations of the object. So a sense perception represents the tree. We have this sense of it's, it's real, it's concrete, but is sensory experiencing concrete? And then the, the idea of the tree, which is conception, meaning-making, represents the abstract because you can't touch thoughts. They are abstract. What even is a thought? Or is, that's a question as well, I think, in itself. What even is a thought? That's something, uh, that was quite a big realisation moment for me. I, I, well, I, I kind of, I listen to these, these things all day <laughs> and they're telling me what to do and what's right and what's wrong and telling me to be angry about this and that and blah, blah, blah. But, and then it suddenly occurred, well, what, what even are these things that are appearing? Where are they coming from? And are they telling the truth? All of those three things, first of all, firstly, they're not telling the truth. I can tell you that. There's, they're full of so much bollocks. I can't even. But um, the other two things, I don't know where they're coming from. I, I don't know what they are. Yeah. I can't, I can't say what anything is, but let alone a thought. We seem to feel we know what these are because they're so immediate in our experience. We also know the sense of being. We also know our presence, our existence. So we know that there are sensations. We know that there are thoughts, interpretations in the light of existence. The mind craves understanding. The mind cannot tolerate ambiguity. The mind will fill in the blanks. It will make things up to avoid the, the free fall of what it perceives as nothingness and therefore its own annihilation. So it has to keep creating meaning through, the, through thoughts, through the senses made possible by existence. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like having like one of those little Windows 95 paperclip helper guys, the guy that appears. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of like yeah. having that guy and he desperately wants to be, you know, important <laughs> and wants to feel up to date with this supercomputer and he's like trying to help you but he's way out of date and he can't be helping <laughs> and he's not helping whatsoever. But yeah. it's kind of like he's desperate to cling on to his little paperclip existence. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, and he's like, it's you know, not even relevant anymore, little paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the situation we've got with the mind. Mm. Helpful on some level. Yeah. But um, as far as actual happiness and peace and the truth of reality, it, it's just not helpful. No. no. Ironically, in those days, you needed Google and you needed um, Alexa to ask, how to get rid of the paperclip? <laughs> <laughs> Reality is therefore only ever altering itself. There's no subject within reality or outside of reality that is doing this sort of shape-shifting, sensing, conceiving. It's nothing but reality itself. Yeah. You're off the hook in a way, aren't you? Because you're kind of stuck in the personal, and then and then you realise <laughs> you already are everything, and so you're actually completely off the hook. And the relief that comes when you realise that is 
laughter really is is how it's been expressed i guess in my explorations it's just like just complete and utter hyster- hysterical laughter because of the ridiculousness of mm. the situation the ridiculousness of how serious and personal it have been taken yeah the point is don't be quick to assume that what you know is absolute truth and also don't overlook the fact that what you know is nothing but an expression of truth the path of exclusivity and the path of inclusivity or love. Yeah. Neti neti is exclusion. You're refining through a process of elimination what we can be sure is not true or not definitive of reality and therefore allowing reality to shine. We realize I'm no thing and therefore I am all love. The realization of inclusivity it seems to come back round, doesn't it? Excluding it all, so a lot of people stop there. But I think it's then come back round the inclusivity, realizing that you're everything. You don't need to stop as some sort of, you know, inferior kind of uh, spacious awareness. You can then come back round and then bring that back into life, and just it's not life denying. Then it's life affirming. It's life, you know, if you're choosing awareness or choosing the body, you're still stuck in polarity aren't you yes if the two haven't been somehow reconciled then you you are still stuck in one position or another 